to NURFM. We are talking travel and today Barry Warwick with us. And uh, we're talking ships today, Barry Warwick. That's right. Jane, seeing as I've just come back from a couple of cruises around the Mediterranean, I thought that it'd be a nice place to start. Uh, Now, one of the reasons that I did these particular cruises uh, was to contrast a normal-sized ship that takes about 2,500 passengers with a ship that takes... 5,650 passengers. That sounds like a supersized ship. (laughs) It certainly is a supersized ship. And, you know, some of the things that I wanted to test was how effective it was getting on and off the the larger ship as compared to the normal ship. And surprisingly, the larger ship was won that particular contest. Now, they were both the same shipping line, so you would think that the practices are pretty much the same on either vessel, but the uh, disembarking from the 5,600-passenger ship was far superior. Now, they do that by tender usually, don't they? They moor off a town or whatever and take you in? Well, all all of the ones that we... um, all the ports that we called in, uh, we were actually tied up at the um, at the wharf, and it was. Uh, I, I suppose Malta was the most interesting for this large ship, in that we came into the harbour and we swung around on the axis of the ship, and. I'm sure that there wasn't a lot to spare on either side of the harbour by the time we uh, we we spun, but it was done very well, and um, you know we were moored really quite easily. And then, of course, everybody can get off not quite at the same time, but at least it's a lot faster than going into a tender and being ferried to shore. That that's right. Yeah. So I I can't really. Um, say anything about the tendering but uh, certainly getting on and off the ship was was quite good now on the smaller ship uh, there was one port that we were in uh, that it all all the tours got back pretty much at the same time uh, and I suppose it was exacerbated by wind and rain and or a little bit of rain and uh, we were in a queue for an hour to get on the ship back on the ship and um, I expressed my um, thoughts that it could have been done better to to the powers that be, but uh, it, the, it, it was a, not every time that long, but there were delays on it. Whereas on the bigger ship, uh, we just seemed to be able to wander down, probably wait in line 10, 15 minutes at the most to to get on or off. So I suppose at these ports they have to check all your passports and things again as you come back on board? Well, they, security is a, is a really big thing and basically what happens is that you, you're given a little card when you board the ship which has your photograph and the ship actually checks those rather than the country. And so you just present that but they do check... Uh, the f- to make sure that you are the person and then you go through security and the security is usually what you know it holds people up at airports but it does hold people up going back on ships and everything is put through the um, the x-ray machine to make sure that you're not bringing on anything that you shouldn't be bringing on. Fair enough. Now what other aspects did you study? 
Well, some of the other aspects, uh, the the cruise line I went on was an Italian cruise line and I knew that the, it catered to Italian English and usually one other language. Well, they actually catered to four languages. So the main languages that were spoken were English, Italian, Spanish and French. Uh, and I just wanted to see how that worked, you know, whether it was really annoying or uh, it did mean that things took a little bit longer to go through, uh, but it wasn't as annoying as I thought that it would be. And also the atmosphere on the, the big ship, I just thought this is going to be really quite uh, impersonal. And it the ship actually had a really good buzz to it. Uh, there, there was an area where they had shops, they had restaurants that you could upgrade from your normal ship meal to uh, eat a, a different style of meal. And uh, it just was really buzzy at night when people got back on board. There was a champagne bar, normal bars, and these were all on the one level of the ship which I think added to making sure that everyone sort of congregated there. So it looked like a busy thoroughfare, and I think it added to the feeling on the ship. And invited you to come and take part. Come and take part. The other thing that I noticed is that the logistics of 5,600 people uh, going to see shows you actually had to book the shows. So in the London Theatre, which was free uh, for passengers, you needed to book the show, and there were three shows, book the time that you wanted to. So it allowed you to go to your meal and then go to the show. If you didn't turn up five minutes before, uh, then they would let people just rock up and, and go into the the, the theatre. Uh, this particular cruise ship also had two Circus Soleil shows on and while there was a charge for that, it was excellent uh, presentation of the, the Circus Soleil. On to a new RFM, we are talking travel and Barry Warwick, we're taking advantage of your recent experience cruising on big ship and small ship in, on the other side of the world. That's right, Jane. Um, look, cruising is, is really um, very popular these days and you can understand why because you just unpack once. Now, uh, with the smaller ship, we did find that it was a little bit more personal and I did like that aspect of the, the, the smaller ship. And so you would get to know some of the staff and they'd get to know you? Yeah, and they, they would just greet you, whereas... You know, when there's so many people on, when there's 5,000 people on a ship, uh, it tends to be a little bit more impersonal. Mm, yes. Um, the other thing that also I, I really liked about the small ship is uh, it was easier to find your way around. You didn't quite get lost as, <laughs> as many times. So uh, that's good. And look, I... I personally prefer ships that are even smaller but the entertainment on the bigger ship uh, it gave you a lot more variety there were lots more to choose from and it particularly appealed to people that uh, say in their 40s or 30s 40s and 50s um, 
the shipping company being European-based tended to have a lot of more younger people than, say, some of the cruises that we see out of Australia where it's more the age group is say, 60 upwards or 55 upwards. So, And the entertainment presumably was uh, adjusted accordingly? Well, on the again, on the big ship, it was very... It, it appealed to all age groups, you know. It wasn't just the New York Broadway show that a lot of the ships put on. Uh, it was pretty diverse and, and certainly uh, it had a rock... Uh, one, one night it was a... Uh, themed on rock, you know, the history of rock. So it was just really quite a a great experience. Mm. And how else did you notice the differences between the two ships? Um, well, checking in is, is, is another thing. And I thought with the bigger ship, that would be a little bit more uh, laborious, uh, you know, again, a bigger weight, but they seemed to have it really streamlined. And I had a friend that had gone on one of these large ships and they said that they were impressed at just how smoothly they were able to get people on and off or checked in for cruises. Again, I've had experiences or dreadful experiences coming off and even small vessels coming off uh, uh, at the end of the cruise, but this particular cruise line seemed to have their act together and uh, we we were off very, very quickly. Now, what about good weather, bad weather? How did the bigger or the smaller ship handle that? Um, we, well, Europe was very cold <laughs> at that stage, <laughs> equivalent to our winter, uh, but we didn't really get any, any bad seas. But big ships do or tend to handle... Uh, sailing a lot better mm-hmm. than than the smaller ships. Uh, having said that, the Mediterranean and the Adriatic, which are the two areas that we went, are both reasonably protected in terms of, of sea. Though. So I didn't really get to test that out. Mm. <laughs> so, but look, some of the ports um, that we visited, like uh, we started off at Genoa and it's it's a city that I've never ever thought of as being a touristy city, but I found it to be a really interesting city, and it's somewhere that I would recommend people spend a couple of days before they embarked. Uh, there's an old section which uh, is too small to get cars into, and we'd arrived by train and had a taxi driver take us to as close as we could to the hotel we were stopping in, but we still had um, probably about 500 metre, uh, five or 600 metre walk to to the hotel through Okay, that's lanes. worth remembering, isn't it? Yes. So it is something to wor- that's worth remembering. You can stay uh, in other areas of the city where cars can get to, but it doesn't have the same atmosphere as the the older parts of the city, particularly to uh, us here where we're used to wide streets. Yes, uh, the old towns of Europe are very special to us for that reason because we don't see them so often. I, yeah, you're right, Jane. It It is. And it's, some of the, the laneways are just so narrow that uh, you wonder people 
the privacy, I guess, that that you you really do um, do have living in such close quarters. Yes, not quite so. So Genoa, worth a trip as you embark or disembark, I suppose. It is big yeah. ship versus small ship. Mm. Do we have yeah. a one-word answer? Which do you well, think? Well, I think better? it depends on the person. If you're young, I'd probably go for the big ship. If you're more in my age group, probably stop with the smaller ship. To a new RFM's Talking Travel. And Barry Warwick, it's time we had a look at the hot deals in the current travel marketplace. What's around? Look, Jane, I thought I'd start off with something like um, a last-minute one for those people that haven't made up their mind. And uh, there's a tour in northern capitals uh, of Europe which goes uh, Copenhagen and ends up in Edinburgh. It's 14 nights, uh, includes airfares from Australia, two nights pre-cruise accommodation, uh, a 10-night cruise, and um, tickets to the Edinburgh Tattoo as well. Now, yeah. that's uh, that departs on the 17th of August, so not that long away, but just something to bear in, in mind if you're looking for that last-minute spot. And, uh, of course, last-minute usually means reduced um, fares too. That, that's right. It's got a reduced cruise fare in there. So yeah. and moving along. And moving along. We've got a no single supplement on selected departures of Tasmania and New Zealand uh, with uh, AAT Kings. That's uh, so that's something worthwhile for those solo travellers out there. It's nice not to get, have to pay that extra amount if you're on your own travelling and still join up with other people. That's right, Jane, and and a lot of people it makes a big difference just to have be able to pay that. Gives them the spending money, if nothing else. So, um, also, we've got another fairly last minute one on sale till the 31st of July, uh, valid from uh, now through until the 30th of September, but it's just uh, five nights in Abu Dhabi. Now, we usually use that as a stopover, but it's worthwhile just in a destination itself. And that's uh, that's got a fairly substantial saving on that as well. Now, for those that want something that is fully inclusive, uh, there's uh, Club Med's got a few holidays on sale as well. We've got Bintan Island or the Nusa Dua in Bali, um, and they've also got a property in Malaysia. So they're nice and close for those that want to go get away but want to know that everything is, is included. So, so that's all your activities, all your meals, all your – what about tips? Tips, everything. everything. It, it, you, you just get there and that's, um, that's, that's basically it. it, unless you do a tour out, outside of the resort. But within the resort, uh, it's fully inclusive. And um, – Back closer to home or moving over into the Pacific, uh, the Lemuridian in Bora Bora has got substantial savings as well um, with room upgrades and... and it's certainly lovely to be able to think about a nice, warm destination at this time of year. And Tahiti is always a pretty pretty place to visit and relatively close to get to. Relatively. Yeah. <laughs> flying over water anyway. Yeah. And those are the hot deals for the moment. Yeah. Thank you, Barry Warwick. And we'll be talking travel again next Friday after the one o'clock news on 2NURFM. Yeah.
Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.